Welcome to Let's Talk About Treks, an episodic review of today's visions of the future featuring Earl Grey and Jack Dorino. This week on Let's Talk About Treks, we talk about season one, episode four, Memento Mori. Welcome, everybody. This is Let's Talk About Trek. Today we have a special episode of Star Trek, which is for a holiday, which is highly unusual for Star Trek, right? Yeah. This day's episode features what I believe to be a close approximation of Memorial Day. Yes. And they call it Starfleet Remembrance Day. Ah, and there we are. So this is this is Memorial Day, which they released just before Memorial Day. Yes. That means that we have to have a breakneck pace and get this out on Memorial Day, right? Thanks, Star Trek. <laughs> we appreciate it. This episode was the 847th episode of all Star Trek. And it was written by Davy Perez and Bo DeMaio. Okay. The director was Dan Liu. You know, I looked up Bo DeMaio. Is he a veteran? I'm unaware of that information. What I do know oh. is that he is a comic book writer. Ooh, fun. I think that that's some of the tone that we got this episode. I see. Yeah, I mean, this was... Definitely a very good episode. The start date for this episode was 3177.3, which we were given during the security officer's log at the top of the episode. And then along the way, we also get another log later, which tells us the start date is 3177.9, which is at the end. So apparently this was a 0.6 stretch of time for this episode. Yeah. There, there wasn't very much time skipping in this episode at all. It, yes, it was a very straight through story here in 2259. <laughs> in this episode, the Enterprise arrives at Phineas 3 to deliver upgrades to their atmospheric processor. When they arrive, all is not well. The Gorn have attacked and have laid a trap for the Enterprise, or whoever arrives, I'm sure. Strange New Worlds gets its prerequisite submarine episode the trap that's been laid for the enterprise is a little temptation of a last survivor's mining ship they can't transport off of because it's got some radioactive shielding so we extend a deep space transport tube to that ship and while it's connected the gorn come out of seemingly nowhere and destroy that ship and then this mm -hmm. after this ensues basically what what amounts to a chase of the enterprise by a Gorn unit, mm -hmm. which consists of two smaller ships and then one massive fleet ship. The Enterprise is able to first hide in the atmosphere of a brown dwarf, which helps them crush one of the smaller Gorn ships, and then come up with this interesting idea to slingshot around the black hole and appear to have been destroyed on their way so that the Gorn would think they were gone and break off, which the Gorn do. And there we are. Yes. That's, that's your story in a nutshell. <laughs> yes. Did you have any MVPs in this episode? I did have an MVP. How about you? I was tied between two, but I think I can narrow it down to just one. Do you want to hear them both? I want to hear your one. Oh. Well, I think La'an, for beginning to face her fears, and for beginning her journey toward a trauma recovery. I think that she had the most character development in this episode. I think this is probably squarely a Lawn episode. Mm. My MVP for this episode was Ortegas. 
Okay. There is a move that she makes on the helm console that it is my belief that she's doing X, Y, and Z axis with one hand. <laughs> okay. While hiding the ship inside a round dwarf and slingshotting around a, a black hole. And I think it's incredible. And I think all the flying that she willingly does, even though she says that it's crazy, is great. Okay. Is there anybody else that you would have as a runner-up? No, I didn't even try. No. Would you like to talk about your runner-up? Sure. I think Spock did a really good job at reinventing the wheel and turning a compass into a sonar. Thank you very much. Because Pike said radar. You just turned a compass into a radar. And that was not correct. It was sonar. Did any particular line stick out to you as the best line? My nominee for best line of this episode comes from Milan. When she says, The enemy doesn't care about my feelings, Captain, so I don't waste my time having any. Which made me laugh out loud. Okay, I forgot about that line. That's a good line. My favorite line also kind of made me laugh out loud was when Ortegas said, Aye, aye, Skipper. Dive, dive, dive. I was very amused by that as well. I really am taking quite a liking to this this Ortegas character. I hope they don't kill her off too soon, if at all. I, I hope not as well. What did you think of Pike's intercom speech? I thought it was a very creative way that they gave exposition of what is Remembrance Day. I didn't understand what it was about at first. It took me a couple mm-hmm. of times through the episode to realize, oh, this is like Memorial Day. Oh, it is Memorial Day. I thought that they were saying that they had just lost a bunch of crew members or something, mm. not the general loss of crew members. Oh, okay. And I was trying to figure out like what happened in the last, in the last episode. <laughs> that would have made them lose so many crew members. I picked up on it when they zeroed in on La'an's previous ship and that badge. Although I thought it was wonderful. It wasn't just a military remembrance day, but for civilians as well. Sure. It's Memorial Day. Yes. You know, I did have another quote that I that I thought was great this episode as well. And I wonder if maybe we want to start adding like types of different types of best quotes. Like, because one, my, yeah. my La'an quote is sort of like a humor quote. Oh, okay. My other quote was Pike saying that belief can be the difference between victory and defeat. Hmm. Okay. Yeah. As like an inspirational quote. So maybe we can have an inspirational quote and then like a funniest quote. How about that? Okay. Yeah. I think we could do that. Awesome. Do you think we should do that from now on? Listeners? I forgot. I thought (laughs) sometimes I forget you guys are here. My bad. Oh, yes. Let's ask them. What do you think is the worst line? I had been waiting for the longest time for two lines that I saw during the trailers before Strange New Worlds. Mm-hmm. One of them was... Great shields now! That Lawn says. Mm. The other was... Mystical. Okay. When we actually got to the moment, it was kind of anticlimactic because I think because I already like we already knew <laughs> that it was them, yeah. and also because like in order to say that like she would endangered the entire ship in order to stand on that. Oh, she was standing in the umbilical. Standing in the deep space transport tube, right? And like because if she had gotten out of that tube, they could have separated the ships, mm. but she did not. She's used that line a little bit more than once, maybe to kind of throw us off on when the actual trailer version of the line was. And I think that it's very cool how she is that direct and she gets right to the point. The other thing that I really enjoyed about the episode was when things were going wrong up on the ship, they already bring up the away team. They don't even ask permission or wait for them to call and say, bring us up. 
They just say, screw you, we're bringing it back now because we don't know if we can bring it back later. How many times has away teams been stranded because somebody didn't act right now? I gotcha. Yeah, that's some that's some MVP type action. Mm. So, what was your what's your bad quote vote? I had to give it to Hemmer pulling off his worst Dumbledore impression. Five points to Gryffindor or Ravenclaw. Is that what he said? No, he oh. just said points granted. I couldn't decide. I just so I figured, well, that one. I'm ripping that off. Though. Okay. All right. You got it. <laughs> Side note, really quick, before I forget. Yes. On our Twitter account, it's Trek Stalkers. And I wonder if we should amend that. And what's wrong with Trek Stalkers? I mean, that's kind of the point, right? Sure. <laughs> if the joke is in there, that if it's funny, then it's a joke, right, Zora? Okay, so this is our new poll for you this week. It's one of our new polls for you this week, audiences. Sure. Is our our Twitter handle is at Trek Stalkers. Is it funny? <laughs> yes or no? Okay, there you go. <laughs> Turn that into a <laughs> poll. Since we're discussing QNX, are Pikes and Picard saddle the same saddle? I don't, I don't know. I didn't notice it, honestly. The first time when they were talking in the conference lounge and they had the engineer and the doctor on the view screen, it's all the way to the right. Oh, I, I don't even care, actually, to be oh. honest. <laughs> Question not answered. <laughs> How about this? Yes. Does blood type matter in the 23rd century? I think so. I think it mattered in the movie era of those old scientists. Okay. Did you have any questions? I have a question, and that is why didn't I know what an amazing talent Anson Mount is? Hi. I'm Christopher Pike. There are a few moments in this episode that make me think that he might be the second best captain of all Star Treks, just in his ability to like emote. Okay. Exactly. The first being Avery Brooks, of course. There's a moment when we're in the brown dwarf, or take us once to preparing to engage the enemy. And Pike doesn't say anything. He just turns and looks at Laon and gives her this look that says to her, like, hey, can you can you take care of this? Like she's freaking out. <laughs> and Laon then tells Ortegas to stop. Yeah. And then much later in the episode, there is a part where we have the the familiar Star Trek cliffhanger trope inside the episode where we have vented the cargo bay and we can't get in touch with Uhura and Hammer. Oh, right, yeah. And Pike's face uh-huh. is stricken Ooh. when he realizes that Uhura and Hammer might be dead. And it, it looked to me like he was about to cry, like for real. Uh-huh. And it looked like I saw the yeah. blood drain out of his face. And what a worse day to have somebody to remember than every Remembrance Day. My point is Anton Mount's acting. Oh, yeah, yeah. I believed it fully. Like, yeah. I, I really thought he was about to break down and cry. And then when the relief moment came, it was, mm-hmm. like, kind of perfect. I've just been, you know, watching him, and he, everything he's doing is really great. Yeah, and as a good leader, a good captain, not allowing too much to surface. Right. That it's overboard where you think you lost 
you know confidence in your sure and you can see because he a lot of he does a lot of his facial emoting when he's facing away from the crew okay i'll have to watch yeah. for that so like we'll see it because he's facing the view screen he's all the way up front mm -hmm. facing the view screen and we can see what's going on with his face and then he'll get himself together real quick before he turns around to face the crew oh i'll have to watch for that that's fascinating let's not forget because pike is the original captain to add to that i had forgotten how much those old scientists were in love with their ships like this guy believes in his ship beyond reason <laughs> like those guys did like he he took the ship into a physical environment that he was sure would work and i don't think everyone else was on board with <laughs> with the belief that the enterprise wasn't going to be crushed oh yeah he had total faith in his ship this this episode I think I had another question. Did you ever play Star Trek Starfleet Academy? Around 92 when it was out. <laughs> yeah. Do you remember the design of the Gorn ships in, in that? I don't. Oh, okay. I, I would posit to our Twitter followers. Okay. Can you give us an example of what those Gorn ships looked like? And did they resemble the Gorn ships that we see today? Did they... Did they current showrunners pulling inspiration from that make those canon do the gorn ships from starfleet academy look like the gorn ships from strange new worlds yes or no that's the yes okay. exactly did you have a uh, backdoor pilot this episode i i struggled to come up with one but i think i came up with two. Oh, oh i'm i'm curious to hear both okay let's hear the second one first though <laughs> Which one's the second one? Uh, the second one that I came up with uh, would have been more or less a documentary series on the, following the adventures of the saddle in the conference room. It would be uh, the voyage from Pike to Picard and just show us that it's the same saddle. Okay, so this is like the show one dollar where they just follow this one dollar bill through time and where it goes and whose pocket it ends up in is that a show i guess okay there could be something with like a buddy comedy like with hemmer and the cadet and maybe <laughs> you only follow the cadet for like maybe a few episodes or just a season so like hemmer is basically like the doctor <laughs> and he has a different companion every season Sure, sure, okay, yeah, yeah. My backdoor pilot for this episode is Star Trek, A Tale of Two Enterprises. And what has happened in this episode is that the interactivity of the brown dwarf and the explosion of the air conditioning unit and the, and the, uh, and the black hole altogether have actually created a second version of the Enterprise that's actually inside the gravity well of the black hole <laughs> and in several centuries from now the enterprise is going to re-emerge from the black hole so we follow that the, the same crew like maybe 10 centuries from now like a thousand years from now yeah 30 seconds so, so 30 second century oh that would be the same as discovery though <laughs> that, was, yeah, that would be weird so, so a will riker of the entire yeah. Of the Enterprise. Yeah, it's a, a Tom Riker, a Tom Riker yeah, I'm Enterprise, sorry, Tom Riker. like a like a J class Enterprise. Ooh, and what if they came out and they were like J class? So like they just hung out for a season and they melted away to nothing. 
It's like a, uh, it's definitely called, it's like a Star Trek short tracks. <laughs> Why would they melt away to nothing? Just their day class, remember the day class uh, version of Voyager? Where like we followed the whole episode and they were like trying to figure out what was going on with their warp core oh, and yeah, stuff. The and then it was like, yeah, well, maybe okay. we're, no, nah, we're not. And then they all melted away to nothing. <laughs> and then the Voyager <laughs> came by and we're like, hey, was somebody here just now? Like, no, it doesn't look like <laughs> it. Move on. <laughs> okay. My cool. my rating for this episode is yeah. is eight two seven seven point six. Quite loose. Two seven. That sounds familiar. Right? Doesn't that? I split the difference. All right. Well, I got pretty close to that. Eighty eight, eighty eight point eight. Oh wow! Well, that's interesting. That's crazy eights this episode. <laughs> The fact that Star Trek has returned to the airwaves full proper, and I really do like Monster of the Week episode uh, mm-hmm. shows. Like I like Amazing Stories. I like The X Files. You know, mm-hmm. I like uh, uh, The Outer Limits. You know that kind of stuff. Yeah. So I'm really enjoying Strange New Worlds, and I'm always catching like exciting, you know, Star Trek things about it. You know, Pike is the mm-hmm. an iconic, like perfect Star Trek character you know like it's just the way he's presented the way he's done i think secretly that ethan peck may be becoming my spock <laughs> i mean i adore oh, okay. leonard yeah. demoy of course yeah. i think that that's spock and i think that somehow ethan peck is sort of uh and and uh, between zachary quinto and leonard demoy mm-hmm. and he's Spock, <laughs> okay. uh, which is which is great for him. Lucky for him. So you think he's building on what Leonard Nimoy did? Building on a character that has mostly been played older than than when you're playing them oh. gives a lot of space, and it gives you a lot of time to grow the character mm-hmm. into that other role. If you, you okay. know, so choose to. If you, yeah. if you, if you're there long enough, you probably should. But you know, <laughs> but there's so there's like little touchstones of Star Trek that like I really enjoy, and the the golden shower style transporter. I really, oh, no. I, yeah, I didn't know how else to describe it, but that's you know, because <laughs> like, they used to be like blue sparkle blue glitter in a glass that was stirred, right? Yeah, and yeah. but originally it was this yellow version. And they were uh-huh. just like, you know, 21st century it up, which is great. <laughs> the the theme song, which has also been sort of brought, so I've heard it described yeah. as like a deconstructed version of the, the those old scientists era theme song. I yeah. really, really like it. I find myself, if I am standing, dancing to the theme song and playing the <laughs> cymbals on this part. Yeah, I like that part. I was doped by the uh, theremin when I first heard it. This is definitely my favorite theme song of all the theme songs. 
there was one there was a moment in the episode i was concerned about that was when bingo was saying that he was calling down from sick bay and he was saying everything in sick bay was off mm-hmm. yes oh are we worried about the transporter they said that the transporters weren't working because of the effect of it no 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 no, no, no. the pattern buffer <gasps> oh did we forget about that already una did say that she'd have a dedicated line from the warp core yeah I mean, I guess effectively, even if it were on and the only thing on, then everything would be off in mm-hmm. way, you know, because it's they sort of negated from the rest of the equipment. Okay. There. Yeah. When Uhura and him are are trapped down in trapped, quote unquote, in um, in the cargo yeah. bay, when they first get trapped, and they're walking towards the exit, and Hemmer says, "Oh, the the exit's blocked." Yeah. Isn't it? And she says, "Yes." I need you to go to that moment and freeze frame it. It's right about 16 minutes and 59 seconds in. You can see the corridor beyond, and the only thing blocking them is a pallet. I kind of saw it. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. There's, <laughs> yeah, I was like... there's a pallet there. There's, there's a regular <laughs> 20th, 21st century pallet made out of wood. Get a hammer. Take it apart. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think Uhura could probably pick it up and just move it out of the way. Sisko could pick it up and move it out of the way just to prove that he would pick something up and move it out of the way. <laughs> He'd roll his sleeves up. Oh, right, yeah. <laughs> From the pilot. By the way, I have an MVP in the production Ooh, team. Okay. My MVP of the production team is whoever braids Laon's hair every episode. You know, they should just make their Their fingers have got to be so tired. Like, they're getting carpal tunnel every episode. I hope they have good insurance. Maybe it's just a skull cap. Earl Grey ruined the dream. That's a new (laughs) That whole thing is definitely a new bump. What's that? With the singing and then you at the end going, oh. Yeah, every time, every time that, like, every time there's anything awkward, I'm just gonna play that bump. Oh, Fooey. Earl Grey ruined the dream. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what dream am I ruining? Uh, I don't remember. Oh, the dream of the braids. The dream of the braiding lawns hair. The braids. I mean, those are some nice braids. That's sort of what I was yeah. getting at. They're definitely really nice. They're very unique. I mean, I've never seen them yeah. before. I've never seen that style before. Oh. How much do you think that Laon figured out of Michael Burnham? Oh, I think she caught all of it. Because somehow, I think she I think she caught it all, but understood also. But from catching it all, realized, oh, I have to, nobody can talk about this. I thought it was very creative how Spock was like, okay, I think we have to end this now. I, I thought it was very respectful too. And I thought, thought that her realizing that this was a thing that they shouldn't go into, I thought that was also very respectful of her. Oh, did you hear that? Oh, the Twitter poll from last week. Can we start with MVP? Sure. With 66.7% uh, of the vote, Uhura fomenting the cure has become the MVP from Ghost of Illyria. Okay. The most popular best line mm-hmm. of the episode Ghost of Illyria was Mbinga. 
prejudice has kept people from helping each other for centuries. With uh, 75% of the vote. Okay. With 100% of the vote, the worst line from Star Trek Strange New Worlds Episode 3, Ghost of Illyria, was Pike. It's a pot. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Was there another poll? I, I forget. Yes, the final poll was the backdoor pilot from Strange New Worlds, episode three, Ghost of Illyria. <laughs> I've only cut that like eight, eight of the things. I keep saying it. It's a little redundant. I find that we do. I do a lot of redundant things on this on this show. I just That's okay. It allows you to pick the best version. So we had our choices uh, of backdoor pilot from Star Trek: Deep Space Illyria or Star Trek, the Pattern Buffer Stowaways Anthology Series. And with 100% of the vote, we're now producing Star Trek, the Pattern Buffer Stowaways Anthology Series, (laughs) where we go from installation to installation and just check their pattern buffers. I was thinking maybe we could like just make it like a a pattern buffer police (laughs) section PB or something, and they just come and check your pattern buffer as soon as in there. That's a good place for fugitives to hide, I think, is inside of the pattern buffer. So, like a Law and Order Pattern Buffer series? Starfleet's transporter systems are home to a vast and varied array of sentient beings in hiding. The dedicated detectives who investigate these absconded people are known as the Pattern Buffer Protectors. These are their stories. That was pretty good. Thank you. What event do you think inspired the creation of Starfleet Memorial Day? Memorial Day. What in universe? Oh, I just think it's an evolution of Memorial Day. Are you on the side of Una in wearing her badge and calling out La'an for not wearing it? Or are you on the side of La'an for not wearing it and justifying why she doesn't wear it? I am on the former side, simply because, well, I mean, since the captain said wear them, it's not a personal choice anymore. Mm. Can you parallel her to kneeling for the anthem? No, I don't. So her, I don't understand her purpose, except to be different Mm. because she's, I don't want to think about the pet. Well, that's rude. So you're just going to forget everybody who you've known and then you're going to assume that everybody around you is going to be okay with you being cavalier about dishonoring, about not honoring the past, like those who have come before us and made paved a way for us. She's being, she's, she's kind of being a little shit. Okay. Like it's, she's being disrespectful because she's, she's putting everything in the context of her to the point where later in the episode, Pike has to tell her, well, you may think you don't have feelings but we can all see that you clearly do. So let's talk. Mm-hmm. It's like, it's not even that you're being weird. It's just, you're being difficult. Like why mm-hmm. don't be difficult. Like you just want to stand out for any reason whatsoever. Like you already stand out Noonie and Singh. <laughs> Could she be not wanting to 
be forced to relive a tragedy over and over and over again. She's not the only one who has traumas. She's not the only one who's lost people. I think sharing in our grief can sometimes help others to connect with us through our grief. Thank you for saying that for me, because I was going to stumble through it. <laughs> That's what I was trying to get to. You know, just like the thing about like shared hardship brings people closer. Yeah. So like going through a plane crash. Yes. Or a skirmish with the corn. Uh, yeah. Although none of they mentioned anybody else there went through the same thing that she did. Or at least. No, I was speaking about this episode. Yeah. Okay. And the crew oh right, in this okay, episode. this episode. Right. Oh, you're talking about the Lawns Gorn adventures. Yeah. Have anything? The the movement was was interesting. Like, we go in to find a to investigate. You know what happened to the signals from here. We find out that their signal maker is gone. And we find a, a, a few of them hanging out in like a little life raft. And we go and grab the life raft. And then when we're grabbing the life raft, we get attacked by mm -hmm. the enemy. Like, <laughs> it's a pretty good yeah. tactic. The Gorn were using a lot of tactics throughout this entire episode that were very crafty and sort of put them above the level that I thought they were. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm wondering what are we going to classify that that individual with whom Jim Kirk has a fight in a few years down on the planet? Um, well... Because I'm, it's certainly not... It doesn't seem like the same in the same type of individual that would have done these tactics. Yeah. From this episode. I think that uh, some beta canon or maybe fan canon talks about uh, how there are m more than one type of Gorn, whether you want to call it a different species or a subspecies or different races. I don't know, but... Uh, I mean, I've I've heard that as well, and I've seen hints of it in a show called Enterprise. The, I believe that I saw a tale of a Gorn in that episode, and the Gorn that Kirk fights in a few years is has no tail. Oh, okay. Maybe I chalk that up to well, you can just see it better. The Gorn that he was fighting on the planet. The the Gorn on Enterprise. I did you see? Did we see the full Gorn on Enterprise? Um, I can't remember for sure. There's a lot of stuff in the shadows. Huh, um, okay. Ah, okay. And if you haven't seen it correctly or all the way through, I don't want to spoil anything for you. After okay. 30 years. <laughs> 20, I guess. What's coming up next week? The next exciting episode of Star Trek Strange New Worlds will be episode five, Spock Amok. Really? This is what it's called. <laughs> Are you excited? Because it makes me excited. It's a very, it's a very, it's a very teasy episode. So the last use of Amok was, yeah. what was it? Time, time Amok. Amok time. Amok time, yeah. Amok time was before that, right? Y yeah, technically, yeah. I mean, yeah. So here we are, Spock and Mock. Mm -hmm. A personal visit causes a comedy of errors during Spock and Pike's crucial negotiations with an unusual alien species. Personal visit. Uh oh. Waxana's coming. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was blanking on her name really quick. Thank you for covering <laughs> Absolutely. All right, so we will see you next time. We'll have the polls out ASAP, hopefully before this episode drops. Right. Thank you again for voting. We really appreciate yes, it. Yes, thank you very much. 
So in the meantime, stay positive, dream big, and you'll hear from us again soon. Joel Answer. Support the continued making of this show through Patreon.com. Let's Talk About Treks is a production of Anodyne Relay supported by the Star Trek fan community of listeners like you. We review the copyrighted works of Paramount CBS's Star Trek team, of whom no copyright infringement is intended. You can reach us via email at email at letstalkabouttreks.com. You can leave us a message at area code 202-804-6312. Our producer is David Moody, and our writers, Jack and Earl, are on Twitter as at Trekstalkers, and would greatly appreciate the obligatory like and subscribe from wherever you're listening now. We record on Lenovo computers with Zoom, mix with NCH Mixpad, and master with Kako's Reaper. Our intro, outro, and interstitial musics feature samples from Awakening by Waterboy from Pixabay. Earl Grey ruined the dream. Oh.